So what I'm going to do is, for the rest of today, talk a little bit more about what we've been talking about for about a month now. And we've been talking about living the life of Jesus. And with the assumption that the life we actually want is Jesus' life. And, and you can go back through our teaching series on how we kind of present that argument. But the life I was made for is the life that Jesus himself lived. And so that means to have the life of Jesus, we live the lifestyle of Jesus. We do the stuff he did. And, and let the Holy Spirit do in us what only he can do. And, and so one of the things we see Jesus doing a lot of is praying. And so we've been talking about prayer. We're going to continue to talk about prayer for, for a while, actually. And we're doing it in four categories, P-R-A-Y, that there's a pause, there's a way of praying that we pause before the Lord. There's rejoicing we do in prayer. There's asking we do in prayer. That's the one we most, most often associate with praying is asking God things. But there's a whole lot more that goes on. And then yielding, just relinquishing control and trusting God. And so we've been talking about this pause for several weeks. And I'm going to, this will be the last week we talk about it. Um, and I want to dive a little deeper into it and, and really uh, talk about how does this pause help me to live Jesus' life. Last week, John Free gave us a teaching that I thought was really helpful. Anybody agree with me that it was helpful? Yeah, yeah, John Free, it was, it was, just, it was just money. Um, is, is, it's this idea of how does this pause in prayer, getting silent before the Lord help us? Well, there's two questions that all of us humans have to answer. It's, am I significant? Another way you could say it is, am I loved? <laughs> am I lovable? Am I significant? Do I matter? Another one is, am I safe? Am, am I going to be okay? Do I have what I need? Uh, can I survive this world? And we look at Jesus' life, and in Jesus' life, he answered these resoundingly. He knew who he was. He wasn't nervous about that. He was so confident in who he was. He was okay to completely even give his whole life away. Because he already knew he was a son. He was the son. And he was unafraid. He did all kinds of crazy stuff, like falling asleep in a boat that's like about to capsize. He's just asleep because he's so at peace. He's not afraid. He can stand in front of Roman government, Pilate himself, who has the power to kill him, at least he thinks. And Pilate says, don't you know I could, I could get you out of this right now? Jesus says, listen, you wouldn't have any power over me except for my father gave it to you. So I'm not worried. I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to respond to you. Whoa. Right? We, who, does, who doesn't want to feel that kind of significance and safety, right? But the thing is that as, as people who are starting to follow Jesus, we have two different ways that we can, we can respond uh, to these questions of am I significant and am I, am I safe? The old person, the, the person who hasn't put their faith in Jesus, here's the natural way that we try to answer those questions. I'm significant by what I, others think of me or, or how I'm performing for those people or perhaps what I own, Right? If I have enough money, then I'm safe. Or if, or, or if I'm performing really well, then, then I'll be able to keep my job and always, always be able to pay my bills. And, 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 and the thing is, we realize what's so hard about living that way is it's completely unstable. It's a completely self-built tower of cards that can come down any minute. And, and so the new person, the person who 
recognizes the good news that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot define ourselves. We cannot ourselves answer the questions, am I significant or am I safe? Only God can answer those through Jesus. Through receiving Jesus' death and resurrection and the life he's offering to us, the answer he gives us is that I am loved and accepted by Jesus and part of his family forever. That's just one way of summarizing. That's the result of the gospel. Old school would say, just, you know, if you grew up in, in my, my kind of tradition, you'd say, it means you're going to heaven. That's a little bit of, a, honestly, a very thin way of looking what God has done through Jesus. It actually means is heaven's coming to us to transform our existing environment internally and externally and that even after we die, we'll be raised from the dead to live with Jesus forever. So, how does, how does pausing help us get out of that old person to the new person? Because, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, if any man's in Christ, if any person is in Christ, He's a new creation, a new creation. He's this new person. If you will, he has the life of Jesus. But has anybody who's put their faith in Jesus noticed that that old person thing seems pretty, pretty actually quite much more natural than the new person thing? Everybody notice this? I had, I had one heck of a week. I don't know if you had a week. Okay, but, but I had, I have, I have three kids that are all driving age. And so two of them are in college, one of them is in high school. And over the years, we've been given cars and bought cars. So between me and my wife and my kids, we have five cars. It's like a car lot. My neighbors hate us when they're all together. Um, but you know, they're mostly out. So let me tell you what happened on Friday. Four of my five cars had something so wonky, they went down. And then this morning when I tried to drive the fifth one and turn the ignition key, it was dead. Five out of five in, the, in one weekend, like, went down. One of them, one of them, this actually happened to me on Friday. I was driving my car, which is 2015. It's like my, it's my, my, my ride, man. Toyota Camry. A German shepherd bolted out of someone's yard and T-boned me and caused $2,500 worth of damage. That happened to me. That happened to me. This was, this was just like, what in the world? My daughter's, you know, radiator broke. My son couldn't get in his car. His key wouldn't work anymore. My wife drove over a skunk. <laughs> and then the battery died. It was like... And let me tell you, I, my old person is like, God hates me. I have nothing. And the world's against me. The old person is just screaming. What's going on around here? But here's where this pause happens. When our, imagine that's kind of our inner world. And we have these triggers. Like all my cars are going down. Driving over a skunk. Why does our car smell so bad still? It smells so bad. What happens is our inner world goes, bah! Right? And the, the natural response is to, what do others think of me? What am I doing wrong? If I, if I sinned somewhere, what's going to happen if I lose all these garbage cars? <laughs> not, that, not that much, actually. 
I have less to handle. Poor Jet Stubbs. He's like my car lot guy. I'm just, I literally brought in three cars to him yesterday. The poor guy working on a Saturday. I love Jet. He's so kind. <laughs> what we do is when we're stirred up is if we pause with the Lord. And we don't have to act like any of those emotions aren't happening. We don't have to act like none of that happened. We can, with Jesus, while we're just, whoa, sit there and wait for him. I promise you, I've watched this happen in myself time and time again. If we wait with Jesus long enough, we're honest with Jesus, and we don't try to fix it, we don't try to even think our way through it, but just in the presence of Jesus, he will calm us down enough to convince us that we're loved and accepted by him. And part of his family forever. It doesn't matter that I don't know how this is all going to work out. It actually doesn't matter. I'm loved and accepted by Jesus. And I'm part of his family forever. So that's what we talk. At this point, I'm still just summarizing. But this is, this is such, such, such key stuff. It's a really, really big deal. And why is it a big deal? I'm glad you asked. Why is this so important? Well... Pause creates, John said this last week, it's so good. Pause creates space between the trigger and response, so, and our response to it, so we can choose to live as a new person. Make sense? Between the triggering moment and how we respond to it, we're allowing God to have space so we can choose to live as the new person we are in Jesus. Does that make sense? There's something also about the way God does work in us. He wants us to learn to choose to live as the new person that we are. It, 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 even if you just do brain science stuff, re, you, how you act with your body reinforces or it reinforces old neural patterns or it can create new ones. So if my emotion is insane, I'm going to punch somebody in the face because their dog ran into my car and caused a lot of damage. By the way, the dog is completely fine. This dog is a German shepherd this tall with a head the size of this. And he was like, I went over to the guy's house and he was just licking my hand and like, this guy's like the greatest linebacker in history. I mean, the guy freaking destroyed my car and just then ran away from it. Like he saw, apparently he saw a squirrel running in my car and decided I'm doing what it takes. <laughs> But I can pause in that moment instead of acting out of my old person. I can choose. I'm loved. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I'm accepted. Part of this family forever. I'm a new person in Jesus. And I can trust Jesus with this moment. And it starts to tell my brain when I act that way that that's, the other one wasn't actually true. You actually start to retrain yourself into the new person. Isn't that cool? And Jesus gives us power to do it while we're doing it. Okay, so today is 364 days since we first closed the church building on Sunday mornings. Isn't that wild? It was March 15th, 2020. March 15th, 2020, when we closed this. And this pause thing is so important because I don't know, unless you have been literally shut in a closet for 364 days, you may have noticed we've had 364 days of triggers. 
any been, been triggered once or twice in the last 364 days? Right? That, that some of them are just annoying. Some of them are, whoa, legitimate. Like, this is crazy. And so I was telling the uh, worship team about this, and I said I was going to list some triggers. They said, you're going to list 364 triggers? Because No, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to list some triggers. I, and what I'm doing here is I'm taking a risk because I know some of these words will trigger you. But what we're doing, I'm just going to list some of them. I'm not going to read them all. What we're doing, look, look at some of the triggers. Any of these get you? Quarantine, social distancing, max, unprecedented. That's a word, right? New normal. When are we going to go back to Zoom meetings? Freedoms. Vaccine. We follow science. CNN. Fox News. My truth. Fake news. Cancel culture. Election. Trump. Biden. Left wing. Right wing. Conservative. Progressive. Racist. Black lives matter. White supremacy. White fragility. Gender identity. Homophobia. Stimulus package. Climate change. Immigration. Is anyone triggered yet? And here's a question we could ask is, you know, how does the old person I was respond to those triggers? <laughs> right? Where all of a sudden those deep questions are being threatened. Am I significant and am I safe? Well, I better fight for my safety. Right? I'm sure you can think of all different ways you may have responded out of your old person, just like I have. Anywhere from fight to retreat, from ah to hide, right? But here's the, here's the interesting thing. With, with the kind of triggers, especially, that are happening between us and other people, Jesus has already described his life to us. He's already described pretty clearly what the new person we are looks like. The new person's response to triggers like these, when it comes to the family of God, Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, okay, pause there. How did Jesus love us? To the point that it killed him. In other words, the guy who was completely not worried about his identity, his significance, not nervous about his safety, the way he loved was to the point that it killed him. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by this love, by this willingness to engage in loving the family of God, everyone will know you guys are my disciples. If you love one another. Everyone will see the life for which they've been made. They will see the Jesus life. They will see the new person that you've been born into. Here's another one. Especially with the degrees uh, asking questions, not just about our brothers and sisters. Because have you ever felt like your brother or sister is your enemy? I have. I have. But then there's also enemies out in the culture. And this is, this is how Jesus says to deal with them. Jesus is teaching. He said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who, per who persecute you. Why? So that you may be children 
of your Father in heaven. So you look like the Jesus life. You look like a son or a daughter of the Father. That's what the Jesus life, the life, the new person life I was called into looks like. The Father causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain, in other words, prospers to the crops. Brings prosperity on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? The worst people that they thought of in their culture. Isn't the worst people in the culture? They're already doing that. They already know how to saddle up around the people that all agree with them. And love those people. You greet only your own people. What are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. You know, for the OCD perfectionist among us, that like sends us through the roof. What Jesus is saying is look like your dad. Look like your dad. Act like your dad. Be mature. Teleos. Complete. Perfect like your dad. So, read this. And it's like, John Free said it last week. Have you ever been just either like discouraged or deflated by the promises of God? Deflated by the commands of Jesus? How could I actually live as this new person with something as difficult as loving the person who is not even just accidentally threatening my significance and safety, but is on purpose trying to take away my significance and safety. Jesus calls us into a loving to the point of dying for that person. That's crazy. I mean, right? That's completely discouraging and deflating if it's not possible. Well, I know in my own capacity, it's not. In my old person, when I'm triggered by someone who's trying to steal my significance or safety, I go crazy and I got to do something about it. But what if it's true that we can learn this practice? We call discipline. What we mean by that is a discipline, it's going to practice. It's why, you know, you've got to go, if you want to be a good basketball player, you're not just going to jump straight out onto the court without having, having practiced. The comedian Ryan Hamilton said, he thinks in the Olympics, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, recognize how great these athletes are. They should have one of us regular person, regular people in every event just to be a control group. Right, you know, so they said Bob from accounting. <laughs> there goes Michael Phelps and Bob from accounting's in his board shorts. You know, just, it looks like he's pausing. He's, he's going to keep on going, you know. <laughs> what if we paused, learned, learned by practicing over and over again to pause and let Jesus calm us down so that I know that I'm loved and accepted by Jesus Part of his family forever so I can love my spiritual family and I could even love my enemy. Can you see this? This is a really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. Pausing in prayer helps us know how to manage ourselves and access the power of God to do what we can't do on our own.
something as intense and as critical as loving our enemies. Guys, I will say, this is intense to say, but the witness of the church is at stake. It's super, super serious. It's the very guts of what Jesus did for us and what the gospel means. Is that we could love those who threaten our significance and safety. Genuinely love them. See, if, see, here's the deal. If that's possible, then something like God's afoot. It doesn't, for anybody, for us to act out of our old person doesn't catch anybody else's attention. It's what everybody does. Ho-hum. I showed you. I won that argument. What if, come to dinner. I bless you. What's your life like? Who are you? Can I patiently love that person? You know, um, so with my cars, I give you, it really is a trivial example because it's just cars, who cares? Um, I'm so grateful my daughter's car started making smoke on Friday because she was going to drive somewhere for spring break. And Jet told me she should not do this. I need to replace her whole radiator. So my Lord protected me, my daughter, right? Um, the, the guy who saw his dog running to me, he said, I'm paying for everything. Just tell me what the bills are. Uh, the Lord's taking care of it. And I'm able to meet a guy and, 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 and also work. I got to practice. Can I trust Jesus through this? The, the key thing, it, my brother-in-law went to help my, my son. And I just, my brother-in-law is amazing. I just love that my son is, I'm not the only influence in his life. You know what I'm saying? So there's kind of this discipleship moment where they got to be together. And then, and then Jet, Jet helps my son. And my son thinks he, yeah, is like Jet's buddy. And, but Jet's discipling my son when he's at the shop. Right? I've yet to see the redemption on the skunk part. I don't know where, I don't know where that's going. But, but I'm seeing, oh... I, I could have made a mess in a lot of these things, right? But just, oh, Jesus, help, help, help. Oh, he comes through. So, here's our practice this week. When you experience a trigger, pause before responding. Whatever the trigger is, when you experience a trigger... Don't respond. Pause. Wait. Wait. And then pause in the presence of Jesus until you can sense you are significant and safe. You're loved by Jesus and part of his family forever. But Kyle, I got stuff to do. I need to move along. Believe it or not, especially like if it's a text or email, you don't have to move as fast as you think you do. I promise you, you don't. Because once it's sent, it's out there. 
Do, doing it emotionally is always a bad idea. Write it on a piece of paper if you need to get it out. Pause. In the presence of Jesus, until you know you're safe, ah, he's got me. My significance is not in the question right now. Even if this person says, you are insignificant. Who are they? What a cool thing that Brooke was saying, you're my origin and destination. There's not a single person who will send you a text that can fit that description. The only person we'll be answering to is Jesus himself. And he's the one who says, I'm in love with you. You're so significant. I'll do anything to have you. I'll do anything. You're so safe that you can love people trying to harm you. And I got you. Not one hair on your head you need to worry about. What? Is that true? But some Christians have died. I know, but they're with me and raising, I'm raising from the dead. They won't even remember this barely. It's a blip in history. Pause in the presence of Jesus so you can sense your significance safe. You're loved by Jesus, part of his family forever. And then respond out of the new person that you are. I'll tell you a story that I heard this week, and I'm not going to tell you the person's name. I know they don't care that I share it, but just in case. <laughs> I have a friend that got in trouble with a coworker over, you know, I just made a mistake here or there. It wasn't that big of a deal. But they were like, the coworker's like, and telling other people about it. That's enjoyable, right? Right? That's testing you immediately about that old person piece, right? Because what I, I'm, I am significant. I didn't get it wrong. Here's how I got it right. But she said it. He's been practicing pause a long time. So he paused. And here's what Jesus told him. Call her up and let her yell at you because she needs it. Just let her get it out. Now think about what happened there. This person knows. This person... That my, my buddy is like, I know this person. They can't destroy my significance because I'm in Jesus. And I'm safe. Hey, if, if this job goes south, Jesus will probably give me another one. Even if it was out of my control and I don't defend you. Yeah. So he does it. The person basically exhausts themselves. And then it diffuses the whole situation. The conflict's resolved. He just stood in it. Let the person yell at him. What? What? What about my rights? I don't know. Jesus is our boss. We just got to obey. Listen, trust, and obey. That's success, man. Ended up, didn't lose anything. Didn't lose his place. Actually, the person, by the end of it, ends up apologizing. That's the kingdom, guys. That's demonstrating the life of Jesus. In real time. To a watching world that has no idea what to do with that. Just, yeah, go ahead and yell at me. Are you done? Oh, I love you. What the? Okay. Alright, so I'm going to give you a little bonus. A bonus thing. I'm going to do this fast. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to do it short enough that you can pause. Because we got time. I had, this is a bonus track. On a way to pause... Because uh, my wife was asking me about this week, saying, you know, Gal, I mean, I know you've been doing this a little while, but sometimes it's, 
that you skip over some stuff. So can you, can you give us a little more detail practically how to do this? So I'm going to give you a way that really works for me for pausing, okay? And I learned it from others, all right? So it, it's, it's just, if you remember these words, notice and refocus. Here's what's funny. I had this great idea to do this. I look back on the first video I recorded. It was notice and refocus. Absolutely serious. And we were going through P-R-A-Y. I, I didn't remember it till I looked back. Jesus is trying to do something in us, guys. He's trying to work something out in us, to transform us, to live his life on the culture. So here's, here's what, this, this is something that really helps. Pick an idea, phrase, or image about Jesus that is meaningful to you. Just whatever. And this, this is sometimes just the way I start my day. Like, uh, like, uh, sometimes, I bet sometimes as my Bible reading, I'll notice one phrase in a song. I sought the Lord and he answered me. But as I go throughout my day, that's just a phrase I'm kind of repeating to myself. I sought the Lord and he answered me. So I've got a little space. I've got space between meetings. I've got space between phone calls. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Or maybe, you could have a picture of Jesus. Some of my friends do that. They actually have a picture of Jesus. And that when they have a little free time, they'll just sneak a peek at it. Or, or maybe it's just, another one I've done is just, as I breathe in and out, I'll say either Jesus or Abba. Abba. Baba. Or Jesus. And I just do that. I just get in this habit of doing it throughout the day. Right? I'm telling you, you don't, just don't, if you're like, that sounds awful and horrible, don't try it. But I'm just telling you, there's just this thing about pulling our attention to the presence of Jesus is really powerful. And so then, here's, focus it on throughout the, throughout the day, fill the gaps in the time. And then if a trigger comes to your mind, simply notice it. In other words, you notice, huh, I'm being triggered. So like, like all of a sudden, look at this, I'm being triggered. So, but noticing without judging, does that make sense? Like if you saw some of those words on, on, that I put up there, some of you might, your immediate response was probably to figure out what my position is on those things. What's he mean? Why did he put that first? Why is that behind that one? Okay, you're being triggered. Just notice it. I'm being triggered. And don't act on it. Okay? Notice the trigger. Don't try to push it away either. Uh, Craig Westhoff says that whatever, whatever you resist will persist. That's the way the thought life works. If you try to shove it out, it's just going to own you. Don't think about pink elephants, whatever you do. Whatever you do, stop thinking about pink elephants. Stop it. Right? You keep on trying to stop it, it'll keep on coming. So if a trigger comes to mind, simply notice it and gently let the trigger go and then refocus on what you'd already been focusing on. Does it make sense? So let's say I sought the Lord and he answered me. Dog hits my car. I couldn't even open my car door. I did not know what happened. I'm like, you know, instead of just jumping out and looking, stop I'm being triggered. I sought the Lord and he answered me. I sought the Lord and he answered me. It could be 10 seconds. And I'm telling you, it will change the temperature of the moment. 
you'll be able to start to access. I'm significant. I'm safe. Jesus has me. Jesus has me. God, I can't do this. I'm seeking you now. Answer me! And, and, and I notice that what will happen is just, especially if you're anchored in an idea, a thought, a phrase about Jesus, when you say, get your, you know, just focus on Jesus, this is one way to do it that I've found to be successful. So we're going we're gonna to test it out right now, okay? So let's practice it. We'll just do this for a few minutes. And so I'm going to sit. So just make yourself comfortable. The whole idea of being comfortable is so that you don't have to pay attention to your body a ton, you know? Like, so if you're like, you know, doing a plank, it's probably not the time to do the pause, unless you're just amazing. Um, so just get comfortable. And I want you just, and here's the, the best way to do it, is ask Jesus for something. Ask Jesus for something. He might just drop a phrase in your, in your mind. You're mine. Or I'm yours. Or something like that. It could be anything. Or maybe just, if nothing comes to mind, think of a scripture. Or even just the word Jesus. So we're just going to do that for a minute. I'm going to coach you through each of these, okay? So we'll take a minute for, to come up with that image, phrase, or idea. It doesn't have to be amazing. Just And so what I want you to do is when that comes, then just start to repeat it quietly. You don't have to say it out loud. But it's a picture. Focus on that picture in your mind or a phrase. You may just breathe it quietly to yourself. We'll do that for a few minutes. That's something you're probably already noticing. Now, I'm not going to trigger you on purpose, okay? So, but we'll just allow the normal distractions that are coming up now, like my voice, to be a trigger, okay? And so what we're going to practice is as distractions come up, other thoughts come up, simply notice them, let them go, and then come back to where you were before, all right? Don't give yourself a hard time. Don't yell and scream. Don't try to figure them out. Especially when you're quiet, also you'll think of problems that you didn't solve yet. So okay, they'll still be there. Let it go by and then come back to that phrase. So let's just do that for a few more minutes.
Jesus, for inviting us into secret spaces with you, even deep within ourselves. We didn't even know you were in there, Lord, willing to transform us, willing to go to places that we're maybe even embarrassed of at times. And make all things new. So do you guys notice kind of this distractions come in, refocus? Did that happen to anybody? Did you? Were you able to some of you may be so practiced that you stayed focused? I look at it like riding a bike. You know, sometimes you wobble. It's okay. Doesn't mean you go dumb bike and step on it, you know what I mean? You just gently correct course. And then keep on focusing. This is just one way to do it, okay? Sometimes it's just good just be quiet out in nature if that's your thing. Some of you need to take a walk. Some of you need to exercise. You know, go running in that moment. You can kind of get in that space where, okay, I can focus a little bit and be open. or, or I don't know. Um, this is the fun. This is called having a relationship with Jesus. It's unique to each of us. So if it works, try it. If Jesus says to do it and it doesn't work, so you keep on trying it. But that's only because he's telling you to do it. But if not, then try something different. But what if, guys, we could start to see more and more distance between trigger and response. And we could live out of the new person we actually are already in Jesus. That's leveraging his power to do what we cannot do on our own. I'm telling you, this practice of pausing in prayer really helps. I've been doing it about seven or eight years, and, and I've just noticed I, I, I'm just a little bit better at not freaking out. This afternoon, um, because there's as many ways to pause as there really are people, um, I asked all the folks who've been teaching on this, so Mike Edens, uh, Jonathan Free, Matt Olson, Cindy, um, to jump on a Zoom call today at 2.30, and we'll all be on there. If anybody has any questions or just want to do question and answer about, well, how do you do it in this kind of, You know, I'm a mom with 37 mouths to feed, and they're screaming at me, Cindy, how do you actually do this uh, when people are assaulting me at all times of the day, you know, for, I need, I need. Uh, there's ways we can do it. We can do it in our daily life. We can... Jesus is not surprised with the life we're in. And he's not asking us to exit the life we're in so we can follow him. He's saying, let me transform the life you're in right now. Don't despise it. He's going to transform it. And it's going to be filled with beauty and glory in the presence of Jesus. All right, let's stand together. Yeah, I pray the Lord blessing you, keeping you, making his face shine on you, smiling on you, and that you can sense it and you choose to access it. The approval of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus, everything's going to be okay. And you can, you can get there. You can get there. Let him take you there. Whatever situation it is. I, one thing, the last thing I'll say is I felt like almost spiritually there's some people being tempted by self-pity. Um, self-pity is 
smothering and crushing and won't let you access the new person. Because it says that, oh, nobody, including God, will pity me, so I have to. And there's no end to it, guys. I'm telling you, it's smothering. It sounds so mean. They're like, do you know what I'm going through? Trust me, Jesus loves you better than you could ever pity yourself. And so if you're sensing that, because it would feel heavy, you'll feel like the only person, and it'll tick you off at other people, that's not Jesus helping you. That's, that's, that's really not. That's the enemy. Okay? Drop down to even repent. I'm sorry, Jesus, for not believing you love me. And drop down into that. Okay. All right. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.